Hey guys, my name is Nazima, and this is part of the conversation. Um, one of the reasons that I'm starting this podcast is to be more relatable as an influencer and really talk about my life, my day-to-day, and basically all the career paths I've thrown myself into since people are always giving me questions and always asking me for advice and things like that. Um, this is going to be a platform for you guys to submit questions and just for us to have different topics to discuss and really just connect with each other via social media or and just even more of a face-to-face and be more relatable to each other. So I am born and raised right here in New York. I'm currently a corporate accountant that is also trying to pursue my CPA. It's been a rough few years, I think, just not just for me, but for everybody who's in their 20s and just had to like live through a pandemic. I'm also an up and coming designer. I have my own knitting company um, where we do pop-ups, custom orders. Um, I designed my own yarn line. And this year we're really trying to get into fashion week and basically just get our designs out there and start designing for celebrities. I also babysit dogs and I have a few reoccurring clients. So Nazima knits, I mean, I've been knitting, well, not knitting, I've been crocheting since I was eight years old. So basically, I think like the story goes is that, you know, when you're like a first gen person or kid, everybody's always working in your household. So I was always home by myself, but like legally, like I was, I was with somebody, just kidding. Like I was, I was with somebody. I wasn't by myself. (laughs) Somebody was there. We lived in an apartment building. There was always somebody there. And my mom, you know, she's a nurse, but she also used to sew a lot. And um, we have like, we had like bins and bins of fabric. And I would take out, um, I'd be home by myself. I was like six or seven years old. And I would take the fabric out and I would cut it up and make things by myself. And one time I remember specifically, I made like, there was this fabric and it was like an ombre pink and green fabric. And I cut it up. And I used a hot glue gun and I put like lace around it. I actually, sorry, before I cut it up, after I cut it up, I sewed it together with my hands. Like I did a whole needle and thread thing. I hand sewed it and it was like this big and I um, got like lace and I hot glue gunned the lace around it and I used the lace to make a little handle and it also had like a little pocket inside. Like I like sewed a pocket inside of it. And then I took googly eyes, different color googly eyes, and I hot glue gunned it around. So it was like a super cute thing. I made my first purse and like my mom came home and she's just like, I'm like, oh, look, I made this purse. Look how cute this is. I cut up all these fabrics. Here's all your stuff all over the place. And she's just like, you were using the hot glue gun when you were home by yourself. (laughs) So after that, she was just like, yeah, Nazima can't be doing that by herself. Um, it's a bit dangerous and back then actually it's still the same glue gun that I use now so it's about 20 years or even more years old and that thing's toxic like I'm pretty sure that was back when they didn't have regulations around it um but either way after that she decided to teach me how to crochet because she was like okay this is way safer for her it's just yarn and like a rounded needle and I've been crocheting ever since and the first thing I made was like this pink scarf that I still have And it just expanded. And I think it was such a good hobby for me to, um, I think, really channel. No, not channel. I want to say help you process your your feelings and help you working with your hands really helps you do that. And that's one of my 
creative mediums and it's what helped me process a lot of my emotions. Um, And then when I was in college, actually, no, I was crocheting and then I kind of stopped because you're growing up, you're becoming a teenager and things like that. And then I started high school and in high school, I had my first boyfriend and then we broke up after three years together. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, what did I do before I had a boyfriend? Right. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to start crocheting again. And after that breakup, I just started crocheting my whole... I was so depressed. I just crocheted everything I could. And then college started. Um, So I was crocheting on the train to and from the city. And then people were just like, hey, you should sell this. You should sell that. So then I started my Etsy page. I designed my logo because I was also a graphic designer. I just graduated with that. And the logo is... um. I don't know. It's so weird how we design things. Like, my brain was just like, oh, this is cute. I think I thought it was funny. I designed it. It's a little sheep wearing a scarf. Honestly, I may be a little bit biased, but I definitely think it's one of the best logos that I've ever seen. Um, And it's just so versatile. And it's been working with me ever since. And then eventually I moved on to my own website. This was, I think, like pre-Shopify. So I actually had to, like, get a designer do a whole WordPress setup, like code it. And this was before drop shipping was as automated as it is. So we were also working with drop shippers, but you would have to like, up. it was just so much. It was just so much work. Um, and then I kind of strayed away from that after my father died because it was just, to be creative, you need to be like emotionally available because everything really just has to flow. So I think it just took some time for me to get back there. And then once I got back there, I like rejoined the whole world and I'm like, wow, everything's so automated now. Dropshipping is so much easier. This is so much easier. I could actually design my website myself now just using what I know. Um, Yeah. And then we just been going off that ever since. So it's been about five years since I've fully relaunched it. And since then, um, I've started an internship program where you know, our interns actually get college credits. So instead of having to take a marketing class, they work with Nazima Nitz um, and I design like a syllabus for them and work with their schools and they get credit for that semester just working with our company. And then we just moved on to pop-ups, expanding our line in different ways. And now we are headed into fashion week to just work on more custom items and really get our name out there with our spinoff brand, which is Amaze by Nazima Nitz. Um, Amiz is going for like a different look, a different audience, a different demo. Like Amiz is something we want to be worldwide, while Nazima Nitz is more of a community brand, like working with interns, um, doing pop-ups and things like that and really connecting with our consumer. And yeah, that's just where that business is. We don't have another pop-up scheduled right now. I think we're going to do a sample sale online. And then hopefully one or two times in person because I'm really just trying to clear out my inventory so we can focus on fashion week and just like hone in on scaling more in detail in our designs and maybe even designing my own fabric line with our company logo with our little sheep. Yeah, so that's where that business is going. Our team is like always working. I think what separates me from other brands is that, you know, we really care. My team really cares and all they want to do is like they want to be involved and they want to learn um, and they want to grow and they want to, you know, I give them free reign and I give them like, I want to hear their ideas. That's what we're about. Ideas, personalities, and just growing through that. Why did you decide to go to podcast route? I don't know. I mean.
mean, times change, right? Like you have to, as your career changes, no matter what your career or careers are, like you have to keep up to date with things. And right now podcasting is a beautiful, so it's a beautiful medium to like connect with people. It can be across like different platforms. I think especially post pandemic, like people need to interact with each other, like face to face or connecting versus just like texting or whatever. Like podcasting is, it's a way to expand your mind. It really is. And to hear like different people's opinions and to kind of maybe even understand your own opinions even more um yeah and I I don't know I think I just felt it I just felt that podcasting is like the next step for me as a brand and as a person I don't I'm not gonna sit here and say I have like a ton of wisdom but I can say that I've had a ton of life experience so I think that's that's the goal for this is really kind of if I could share stuff share certain things I've been through with people who might benefit from it then why wouldn't I do that I don't want to be like a gatekeeper that's not helpful yeah that's why we decided to start the podcast me and my producer what's up guys this is me in the background <laughs> by the way you can't see me but you, can, you, can hear me. <laughs> you never yeah he's gonna be the fun voice that just pops in <laughs> the voice of reason the voice of <laughs> the voice of reason and perspective okay the male perspective um yeah yeah that's where the podcast idea came from okay so we had one of one of uh one of our followers dm uh dm the nazim and its page recently um as it comes with the the questions and she wants to she's asking as somebody that has also experienced a tragedy of losing a parent how do you get over that on, on a day-to-day basis and how do you cope with that you know while still being the most productive person that you possibly can oh wow okay so we're talking about parental loss um for me so okay this let me regroup well parental loss i think from what i've experienced because this month is actually gonna be seven years since my father's passed away um actually this week i think one thing that i've experienced is that everybody it affects everybody differently depending on your age depending on your relationship with the parent depending on just so many different circumstances I don't think grief is a five-step system the way they kind of outline it to be I don't think grief is linear I don't think it comes in those exact stages and I think that there's a lot more stages to it that we just just aren't defining so I went through it at 21 and through the past seven years one thing that I've I guess because I'm in my 20s that's my perspective of it of when it happened to me my early 20s there's a term called um adult orphan and basically it's referring to people who lose either one parent or both parents in their early 20s and the reason it's called adult orphan is because it's meaning that when you're a kid or before the age of 18 if you were to lose a parent either family members step in or the government steps in to make sure that you're financially taken care of and emotionally taken care of and your well-being, you know, is met. But after 18, you're considered an adult. And even though your brain does not fully form until the age of 25. So it's basically like you're still a child, but now you're expected to act like an adult. So without your parents now, you're going to feel like an 
adult orphan. So I didn't know about this term and I came across it just Googling things. And there was one girl in Denmark and she wrote this whole book because she lost both of her parents in a car accident in her early 20s and she was an only child. And she just talks about being an adult orphan. Um, and I think just knowing that this term existed, that helped me process because it helped me um, understand what I was feeling and why I was feeling it. And I think that's that's really the first step, I think, in parental grief or sorry, parental loss and grief, understanding what you're feeling so you can understand why you're feeling it to process it and grow with it. I don't think there's a coping mechanism. I don't think there's, you know, getting through your day. I think it's just um, you grow into a whole new person because also psychologically, for some reason, a lot of people, including myself or a lot of kids, 99% of kids, I'm going to assume I'm not a doctor, um, they're going to identify themselves based off of their roots and their parents. So if you lose one of your roots, you kind of lose a piece of your identity and you're going to try and re-identify yourself. And in your 20s, you're already trying to re-identify yourself without the loss of a parent. So you just become a whole new person. And I think my main thing about me becoming this person and me still growing into this person is being open to it and accepting this person not getting angry at this person not rejecting this person but listening to this person and kind of embracing this person that I'm now becoming and then taking that day by day maybe that is a way of coping <laughs> maybe that is considered coping but um yeah I think that's just the best way to that's my method of dealing with it embracing whatever I'm feeling because when I embrace it if I can put a word to it I can research the word i can understand the word i can understand why i'm feeling whatever this word is and then kind of take it from there sometimes it's easier sometimes it's it's harder i think one of the harder for example like this week i was just thinking about drawing and painting so much and i had no idea why but it's also because our brain holds information without us even realizing it's holding it and i remember i think around this time the year before my father died, he dragged me to Michael's at like 11 o'clock at night to buy drawing utensils and all these things because he wanted to draw. And this week I just went and bought, you know, a bunch of painting things because I wanted to paint. I'm like, why do I want to paint? Like, it's so random. But that was probably one of the things my brain was trying to remind me of, of this memory. So I embraced it and I went with it. And now I'm going to embrace a newfound hobby again with a different creative medium I think that was just my personal experience and that is my personal experience and my personal way of processing things is embracing it everybody has their own ways of processing I think step one is understanding how you process so you can understand what you're feeling why you're feeling it and then taking it from there and to not be afraid of it the more that you become resilient in this you know new life that you're embracing the more that you're going to be able to grow within yourself and form that new identity that's going to, and it's going to flourish. You're going to flourish. Okay, great. Thank you for that. Thanks for the follower that sent that message in. Uh, so we have another one over here. Uh, someone is asking, I'm your typical corporate baddie. Um, I've, I've been climbing up the corporate ladder for the past five years, ever since I graduated college. 
this specific job title that I have, it's not my, I feel as if it's not my grand purpose in life and I want to start something on the side, start like, like, a little, like a side business that's something that, that I'm more passionate in. As a woman that is fully deep into corporate in a financial sector, but that also runs other, um, other small businesses, how do you time manage and how do you, how do you manage your time to make sure that everything gets done so, you're, so you feel as complete as possible? Okay, so time management and having and being a corporate baddie and also trying to pursue your passions or other or fulfill other parts of your brain that kind of want to express themselves and monetize that. I think you need to have intentions, right? Like write down your intentions. That's the first step to it. For me, I'm a visual person. So writing it down and having me actually see it helps me to time manage, right? Next, you need to prioritize, right? Just because you're in a job right now and you're saying, well, this is not my purpose. I should just quit quit it right now and go and do something that's fun or whatever. Sometimes you just have to do what you need to do right now to get to where you need to be, okay? Like I listen to motivational podcasts in the morning, like as soon as I wake up, literally as soon as I open my eyes, I take my phone and that's what I play. I can listen to her over and over again. And these are the things she talks about. And these are the things that I've unintentionally been doing. And now that when she's saying it back to me, I'm like, yeah, that is what I've been doing. And now I can actually hone in on it more and develop those skills more. Setting your intention, writing it down, prioritizing, being content of li- with living in the present because if you take baby steps every day, eventually you're not going to be where you are right now. You're going to be somewhere better. You're going to be exactly where you want to be. And I think knowing yourself, I know that I need to write things down. I know I need to have a planner. Having a planner help, helps me to see things visually. And when I'm able to see it visually, I'm able to time manage. And I also think it's important to remember that there are 24 hours in the day. There are 24 hours in the day. If you are working in corporate for eight hours, that leaves 16 hours. If you sleep for a solid seven hours, that leaves nine hours. If you take two hours a day to groom yourself in the morning, one hour in the morning, one hour in the evening, that leaves um, seven hours, right? I'm doing time math. (laughs) Leaves seven hours. Okay, let's take out another two hours for eating or whatever it is. I usually meal prep so I don't have to think about it during the week. That leaves another five hours. What are you doing with those five hours? Those are five hours that you can be doing anything that you want, anything you want to grow in, anything you want to develop in, anything you want to start. Even if you want to sit and stare at the wall, I think the first step is acknowledging that you have these whole five hours to yourself or to your life or to your goals and start from there and start time managing from there. That's my system. I think you need to see what works for you as an individual, learn your style, learn your pace and give yourself, you know, grace to enter into whatever new journey or new purpose you want to start for yourself. No, that's definitely a great, um, it's definitely a good response. Like even me personally, like, uh, you know, being a freelancer within the digital media space, like I've had to really reevaluate the concept of time management because I feel like everyone, yeah, like everyone thinks that they know, oh yeah, I can manage my time. Oh yeah, I can do this. Oh yeah, I can do a million things at once. But then when the work is actually physically there and you have to do it, that's where like, yeah, you know, shit gets real. You really, really, really have to, you yeah. know, like force yourself to be organized, you know, so. Yeah. So that's definitely spot on for sure. Um, yeah, sh- yeah, shout out to her, by the way, for for uh, for writing that. And I feel like a lot of people are, especially in our age group, they're in that, oh, they're, they're, yeah. they're in that space of like, you know, you go to college, you get the job, but then you realize, wait, like, 
I want to do stuff you that have a lot I'm more meant potential. to do. Yeah. 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 Like, every, I feel like everyone has talents and things that they get capitalized Everybody on. Everybody is multifaceted. For sure. Yeah. Especially nowadays where like you could like, you know, like there's the hybrid entrepreneur like yourself that works head on corporate and does great in that space. But then they do, they have a, a big artistic side. So before, yeah. it, so before it used to be like either you were like the corporate business person or the artistic person mm -hmm. but now there's space for both and yeah you, and you just play you just play that very well so that's that's amazing so shout yeah so shout out for for that great question that's you know could affect a lot of people uh we've got another question um hey nazima um i'm also for i'm also a bx baddie just such as yourself so shout out to all the all the people from the bx <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> funny as hell so uh, yeah <laughs> So I've been having a I've been having a tough time um, handling help my healthy relationships with specific uh, female friends. Um, I'm also a woman. Um, being a woman myself, I feel like sometimes um, women can be very harsh on each other and you know kind of backstab each other very easily. I've had to end a bunch of friendships and put a bunch of friendships on hold, you know, due to the fact that I feel like they don't want what's exactly necessarily the best for me. So my question, my main question, I guess that I'm asking is, have you gone through those types of toxic friendships? Have you had to put people in their place or cut people off? And if so, how do you think, what's a healthy way, a healthy, mature way to go about it? Yeah, I definitely have a lot of experience in this arena. I'm definitely a cut off person or a block person. It may or may not always be the, the right choice, but I think it's something that I'm working on. The reason why I'm a cutoff person is because I'm I take in my energy from the people that I surround myself with. And if I'm surrounding myself with people who don't have good intentions in general, it can be very draining. I think like also the older that we get, people are coming more into themselves. I think that you're seeing a lot more toxic either toxicity around you or a lot more supportive people around you. And you have the choice on what you want around you. Do you want people who are gonna be there for you the same way that you're willing to be there for them? Or do you want people where you're always kind of there for them and then when you kind of need something, all of a sudden they're busy, all of a sudden they're, you know, you're being needy or you're being this. I think this applies in your intimate relationships and in your friendships and your family relationships. Every situation is different. I take space for myself. I like will take time to think. I do not like to react on emotion. If I know I'm feeling angry, I accept my anger and I sit there and I sit with it. I sit and I simmer and I crochet with it and I just let it process itself out so I could understand how to approach it. That may take a few days. That may take a few weeks. It might take a couple hours. You know, that's my process so that I could understand if this is a relationship I want in my life, if I want to continue it, if I want to communicate it, or if I want to say, actually, this is not a relationship that's going to support me in the future or support my future self and support my growth. And this is not somebody that I would want to introduce to other people or say that they're part of my circle. That's my approach on it. I think my approach is don't jump to anything. Give yourself space. Give yourself time give yourself grace because you're a human being yourself and also understand that your actions affect other people some people you know there are some women where they're like oh yeah you know she's horrible she's this she's that i'm cutting her off this person might be going through something that you have no idea about 
Um, well, thank you for tuning in to our first episode, our pilot. Um, if you want to get in contact with us and submit your questions, feel free to DM them at ZimZimma on Instagram. Um, and I look forward to hearing from you. Tune in every week. And I hope that we can create a collective energy between all of us here. Uh, have a great 2024.